Welcome to WP Tonic Roundtable Podcast, where a panel of leading WordPress junkies discusses the latest WordPress and internet stories of the week. Now, on with the show with your moderator, Jonathan Denwood. Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic Roundtable Show. This is episode 461. We're recording this on Friday, the 17th of July at 8.30 Pacific Standard Time. And you can join us live on the WP Tonic Facebook page. So if you want to see the unedited parts of the show that are even more raucous than the show itself, if that is possible, uh, um, you can do that. I've got a a small but powerful panel. Um, I'm going to let them introduce themselves. John, my friend. John Locke, can you introduce yourself? Yeah, John Locke, Lockdown Design and SEO, helping manufacturers with SEO. Um, Sally, um, my friend, uh, um, can you introduce yourself, Sally? Uh, Yes, I'm Sally Getch, the WP Fangirl, organizer of the East Bay WordPress Meetup in Oakland, California. And um, you frequently upstaged by my cat. I've got Uncle Spencer in the house. Uncle Spencer, would you like to introduce yourself to the listeners and viewers? Spencer Foreman from launchlows.com. That's it. And I've got my friend and co-host of my Thursday interview show, Adrian. Adrian, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, everyone. My name is Adrian, the CEO and founder of Groundhog. We produce sell uh, epic sales and marketing automation plugins for WordPress. That's what I like to hear. Epic. Epic. We've got some fantastic stories, but before we go into the stories, I want to say something about our great sponsors and our main sponsor for this for this show is wp feedback now what is wp feedback well we've all been in that terrible loop if you're a wordpress consultant web designer um developer what if you're dealing with clients we've all been here they have a way of communicating i.e your clients and you have a way of communicating and their way normally makes you want to pull your hair out and it's painful isn't it listeners and viewers but i have a solution i have a technological solution and that is wp feedback i've been using it on a couple of clients websites it's really helped enormously with the communication between me and client so i suggest that you go over and look what they've got to offer and their pricing packages and they're giving us an exclusive deal Exclusive deal, a coupon code. It's WP Tonic Rocks. I repeat that WP Tonic Rocks. And you get 25% off any of their pricing packages if you use that coupon code. And that's exclusively only offered to you, listeners, and viewers. So go over there. I highly recommend it. And our second sponsor is Launch Flows. What is Launch Flows? Well, if you've got a WooCommerce site and you want a one-page checkout and you want to put it on steroids, Launch Flows is the product for you. It's just amazing what it can do. And it really will make the um, checkout experience so much better for you and for your clients. So if that sounds interesting, go over to launchflows.com. So let's go into the first. Well, let's go into the first story. Uh, just, just, just some of the people behind you, Adrian, want to join us? You know, in the panel. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, um, all right. Um, can the block direct directory and 
and business interests coexist. What do you reckon, Spencer? Well, <clears throat> I think I'm going to reference up here. Sorry, I want to call the article up. I think we talked about this the last time, but we did a bit. in general. You must, you, must, you, must have, you must have been listening. In, gen- in, in general, the problem is not so much whether it can exist. It's that you can't have a marketplace without a marketplace leader, just like you can't have a school bus without a school bus driver. The problem is that when you have different people of different standing in the WordPress community who are able to put stuff into that and their buddies and whatever cronies get involved, it becomes a very difficult situation for everybody who's not in the inside. It's much like politics. And I think that's where the problem lies is that you can't do this like every other thing that's happened on WordPress today up till now where like the, the repository or the theme repository, because it turns really, really, uh, inverted very fast. And I think that ultimately this kind of thing is just a bad idea because <laughs> WooCommerce is still pretending it's the hippie commune with the Kool-Aid while automatic is trying to please the VCs while the independent people are all very happily going off into the real world and making their way. Why those worlds have to merge together into a block directory is beyond me. Now, one caveat I would say, if they got rid of the word business interests, and just said block directory, that is the greatest effing idea in the world. Why? Because it's ridiculous that you have 10 different people making 10 different duplicate blocks. That is so- It's way more than 10. Uh, Thousand, you know. (laughs) Right. So, I mean, the bottom line is, like, why don't we just do what's the right thing, which is in Elementor or Beaver, there's blocks built in. Outside people can still make stuff, but like at least the core blocks are enough to make things happen. Why not just allow people to get name recognition or otherwise by building free blocks and then by voter otherwise, we pick one of them. (laughs) And that's the sort of thing that does this. Or we all collaborate on it because then at least we get a unified experience. I mean, I look to the post editor as an example. The one great thing about WordPress before Gutenberg was that you just always could rely on where everything is in the post editor. That's why there's like 6 million downloads of the classic editor plugin. Whereas in Gutenberg, it's like, what's today? And I think if we did that with the block directory in Gutenberg and everybody stabilized the look and feel and where the blocks were, hey, you could really build stuff. All right. What do you reckon, Sally? Well, um, you can build stuff now, but, you know, it annoys me that um, if, you know, one particular block direct block library has, you know, one block, that I really like better than the version of that block that's in the other block directories, the block libraries. I have to install the whole freaking block library. Uh, so having a block directory of individual blocks, I think, is great. But, you know, of course, we are going to have disputes about it because uh, <clears throat> most of us are not actually running charities. And so, you know, if you put the time in not simply creating a plugin, but then supporting it um, for free, you usually want to get something back out of that. And while uh, I dislike huge blatant ads and the idea of like every single block is, you know, pushing stuff at you in, a, in an obtrusive way um, is not appealing. And of course, the idea of um, nobody can do it except Jetpack is uh, also not appealing. Uh, you know, I think the person who basically says, look, you know, developers rely on on some kind of uh, ability to upsell. You know, if you even say, hey, 
you know, you could have a discrete link in your your block setting somewhere that says, you know, more awesome blocks at and uh, and left it at that. It would probably be unobtrusive and and mm. worth it. So you know, we'll 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 kind of see what happens. Uh, you know, I think those of us who build sites for other people don't mind paying for stuff, but we may get particularly annoyed about really obtrusive advertising or or other stuff that our clients might see when they log in and not have the single clue what to do with. Yeah, it could be arranged in a way that wasn't too bad. What do you reckon, John? Yeah, so they're continuing to um, move WordPress toward being something like Squarespace where you have like one type of unified block experience. The problem is, is this open source project has, is this repo with all these plugins and themes. Now we're introducing blocks. I think you're going to see a lot of the same problems that you see with the plugins. Um, it's, it's going to be a, a mash of all these different competing products. Um, but that's what we're heading toward. And uh, I think in the end, there will probably be like a handful of block libraries that end up becoming the most popular, kind of like what you see with the page builders. That's kind of like what, what I envision happening over the next couple of years, but there's still a couple of years off. I, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, what do you reckon, Adrian? So I think never. First of all, never underestimate the power of a marketer to find to find a way to make money where they're not allowing you to make money. <laughs> It'll happen. Your sound is really loud. Oh, is it? Here, let yeah. me turn it down a little bit. Turn it down a little bit. There we go. How's that? Yeah, it's better. better. Okay. So that's that's number one. The way the the opportunity that I see is that, like in the uh, plugin directory. Everything has to be free. It has to work. And, you know, they let you upsell and stuff. So it's not going to be as strict. Uh, but generally, you have to introduce some form of working product into the plugin directory, with the exception of you introducing a product that requires some sort of other service, like a software as a service solution, some sort of SaaS product that you have to connect in order to use that. I see an opportunity for businesses to introduce blocks into this directory that require the use of these other services, which is then the business opportunity. Uh, so if you have to connect, I don't know, some sort of like post syndication service or podcast service or whatever, yes, you can install the block and the block as required by the terms and conditions of, you know, no advertising, whatnot, et cetera, et cetera. Yes, it'll work, but you require X service in order to make it work. I see that being a, a, a viable business opportunity to serve business interests in turn you uh, building blocks for the WordPress plugin or for the WordPress block directly uh, as a business model. Uh, that's where I see uh, that's where I see the, the most forefront business opportunity. Other business opportunities include for existing established WordPress businesses to add blocks to the directory that serve their products or serve their plugins. Again, just like how uh, the you could do it for a SaaS business. You could also do it for a plugin. Like this block requires X plugin in order for you to use it effectively and to get the most out of it. For example, we could introduce, I don't know, some sort of like contact syndication block uh, block for Groundhog. You'd install the block. You'd realize, oh, I need Groundhog for this. I'm going to go get Groundhog. And then through that plugin, you can then establish, you know, here are the things that you're going to need to buy or here are the upsells and whatnot. So I see those as the potential business opportunities 
if you're just doing like straight content blocks, I think there's a you know a significant number of those that already exist and will get syndicated throughout the the community. But that's why I see the business opportunity going is for people to build both plugins and blocks or SaaS products and blocks together and then use the blocks as a way to push people towards you need X service in order to make this block work. That's great. I think we're going on to the next story. Um, tech- you need to move, uh, Adrian, slide your slider up now 10% because now you're 10%. Yeah, you're a tiny little bit too weak. Just need a little splash extra. All right. Um, Techlash hits college campuses. What did you think of this one, John? Yeah, I think um, this is a big thing that's going on right now. There, there's been a, quite a lot of things that have been um, um, being seen. I've seen on like Twitter and, and, and medium posts about it, books about it. The fact of the matter is, is you know, you might live in the Bay Area. Or you might work at one of these big companies like Microsoft or GitHub or Facebook or Twitter. But you're still responsible for the work that you're supporting and the, and the companies that you're supporting. And the, where they get their money is often from all these different things like defense contracts or contracts with ICE. Or you know, taking money from political campaigns that are spreading disinformation and lies. And... Um, you know, I understand we all have to make a living, but uh, th- there is a point that I read yesterday. It's um, everybody's entitled to make a living, but the same people that are being locked up in the indefinite detention centers on the border, on both borders, are also entitled to make a living. And just because you're accustomed to a certain lifestyle, um, in the you know living in the Bay Area with um, you know your Soylent uh, subscription and your Paleoton subscription and this and that, you know you can still make a living without doing that. You can make a living without supporting Facebook and their dirty money, or or Twitter, or um, you know GitHub. Has seen some people quit GitHub because they won't get rid of the, these things. Here's the bigger problem. There's a war machine in this country that's been running for centuries. Since the Civil War, we've pretty much been eternally at war. um, In in my lifetime, we've always been at war. And these defense contracts are a big source of that. And all these tech tech companies also support these things. Uh, It's a much bigger problem. There's much bigger problems than just... Um, the technical technological side of it, because you can't separate the two. There's all these different things, these these machines running in the background that are going to be running no matter who's president or who's in Congress. And until you fundamentally change those and change the economy in the United States, then these technological companies are going to support things like defense contracts, for-profit prisons, for-profit detention centers because that's where a lot of this is coming from. Yeah, I, I kind of see where you're coming from because I, I, uh, I recently listened to an interview of Snowden and he still makes enormous a lot of sense to me. And I, I think underlining a lot of, of the things that are happening at the present moment is I think what's coming is a, 
a real bust up between between society and it's it's obvious now that the that the spying um the spying it's also it's built it's built on the surveillance economy isn't it um this whole system of surveillance and making money from surveillance is going to have to be broke down it's going to have to be um severely um by the government and by these large tech companies is going to have to be dealt with and it it's going to be bloody and ugly isn't it what do you reckon spencer Uh, you know like in every civilization there's a day of reckoning right i mean roman civilization and then the during the renaissance and then the marie antoinette's era and the romanovs and all the you know every every kind of empire or kingdom or whatever has its day of reckoning i think many people would argue we're seeing a little of that now with our own political system where the the foundations upon which the thing was built Get challenged. Well, we all bought into the bullshit that little Marky Mark Zuckerberg, uh, you know, created that if we give him all of our shit, everything will be great. But now we're suffering from like the 12 or 15, whatever year hangover of this thing. And as a result, we're also dealing with the unfortunate realities that there's tons of bad actors using the data that's coming out of it. We're going to talk about that with that 23 and me thing. So I think what's happening is a backlash of the younger people, the millennials who are looking at this from a, wait, what did you do to my world kind of perspective that will be like the the hippie flower children of the 60s, except they may actually be able to do something about it because now, you know, they actually can influence whether or not a site succeeds or fails or whether or not some service is used or not because it's just, will they load it on their phone? Nobody under 21 years old, I'm told, will touch Facebook with a 10-foot pole. Um, so... Well, they're, My, they're on, their parents they're the, are all there. Well, they're on Instagram, aren't they? <laughs> well, they're on something else like Snapchat. But the point is that the, the other side of this coin, however, is that you would just be moronic to believe that the people who built that gigantic surveillance NSA center, wherever that thing is in Utah or something, like yeah. they're going to just all of a sudden stop using your data. I accept as I type anything here on my screen, Facebook has their hook so far up my rear keister that like anything I type, think, or talk about shows up as, as an ad on Facebook so fast as to make my head spin. So the way it's going to work is going to be like people choosing an alternative system. Ironically, that may actually be less technology. It may be more of we go back to like not using all the stuff. Will that mean that it'll go away? No, it'll just mean they'll figure out another way to get control because that's how it works in this world. You know, we're all still motivated by... Well, I don't... I, I understand where you're coming from, but that, that last bit is the bit that I fundamentally disagree with you, Spencer. I think they got... I think since 9-11 and the Petri... Um, Petri... <laughs> um, um, this whole surveillance state, which is which is also totally ingrained itself in the new tech companies. You know, it is, I think it's classified as surveillance capitalism uh, um, has blossomed um, because it suited suited certain elements of the state to allow it to. But I think think with a clear head and real determination, it can be dismantled to some degree. 
I think some camera on every single street corner. Great Britain, literally, there is not mm. a single public space you can be out in. That's and true. Nobody even talks about it. I think what's wrong with that potential argument is this. They will just stop telling us about it. That's how it works. Just like the current administration just, I'm not going to get political, but does what they say and the facts are. Otherwise, they classify every single thing that disagrees with what they've said in public. That's how the NSA works now, and they'll just make it more. What's worse is with the control space being covered by things like satellites and drones and you know m- miniature surveillance monitors, it would be very, very difficult for ordinary people, especially after AI kicks in on this, to know when they're being surveilled. Well, that's why we've got to act now, basically. I, I'm not, I'm, I think I'm doing well. I'm controlling myself, listeners and viewers. There could be more ranting going on. I, I, I think one thing to, uh, to point out is this is kind of about perception on college campuses, which means they're not millennials. They are people of the mm. following generation. Um, they're members of, of Gen Z, like my uh, niece and nephew. And... Um, you know, it is a, you know, back when I, when I was their age, um, uh, 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 <laughs> you know, when, when I, when I was an undergraduate, it was, uh, the military and, uh, the CIA and so on that, that people wanted to keep off campus. And now, uh, people have, I mean, at my university at least has, you know, um, mellowed considerably toward the military, which I suppose is at least overt about what it's doing. And you can decide that you want to be part of that or not. Uh, but this is suggesting that, yeah, the, you know, people once perceived the tech companies as full of, um, you know, young idealistic folks like themselves who wanted to change the world for the better. And, and that is not now the perception. Uh, and it mentions in here that, you know, the share of Americans who believe that technology companies have a positive impact on society has dropped from 71% in 2015 to 50% in 2019. And that's, you know, the public at large and not simply uh, university students. So, uh, yeah, it's in, you know, to a degree, it's going to become more difficult to recruit. Uh, people in that generation do... Uh, care pretty strongly about, uh, you know, things like the environment and and trying to have a positive impact on the world. I mean, at the same time, uh, you end up at the point where, you know, what you care about most strongly is can you pay your rent and will there be food tomorrow? Uh, and, and so, uh, you know, most of us end up uh, doing things that, that were not uh, ideal uh, according to what we wanted at, at at, at that young and comparatively protective, uh, protected age. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's go and talk to one of these younger people, shall we? Let's go over to Adrian and see what he <laughs> thinks. Well, I'm not going to claim to have all of the answers. Uh, I just, my, my, my thoughts are if you know, good people stop going to work for these companies, then you're not going to have a whole lot of good people working for them. So it's kind of like catch 22 because if you don't got people making change from within, you're not going to be able to change. And then it's kind of like a downward spiral from that point. And when you have as many resources as these companies do, not a really big deal for them if you know, you're know you not coming to go work for them. So that's a little small thing that I was mm. just thinking about. Because you know, if you're like, hey, listen, I really think you know X big tech companies should really be focusing on these things and not, you know, funding government contracts and all that not. 
then great. Go work for that company, work your way up, do the due diligence, and then maybe one day you'll be able to just, hey, listen, I think we should take this direction instead. But you won't be able to do that unless you go and work for these companies. Uh, if you don't want to work for those companies for a different reason, then great. You know, you can go start off a competitor and then, you know, maybe one day the market will decide whether your alternative solution is worthwhile and invest in their time in. Um, but without that, then it's really hard to enact change uh, from without, right? We recently saw in governments in Canada, you know, someone was like, I really don't like the way that our political party is going the direction. So I'm going to go off as an independent and try and enact change from without. And that did not work out well for them at all. It's really hard to, to enact change and to move the needle, as it were, into a different direction if you're not part of the organization that you want to move. So just a thought from kind of like the outside, if you want to enact change, you have to work for the company or you have to be part of the party or you got you to gotta just work your way up to a point where you have the power in order to affect it. Mm. Well, we're going to go for our break. I'm going to add one last thought. Yeah, sorry, John. Well, and, and you know what I'm talking about, Jonathan, but... Um, I, I'm going to respectfully disagree with Adrian. I, I, I do appreciate what you're saying, but I, Jonathan knows the machine is bigger than any person who's trying to enact change from within it. Unless you're the CEO or the shareholders, just forget it because you're better off like making your own company. Well, I see where, I see where Adrian comes from. Um, I think you know, if you talk to any top management um, with the present system, if they if they really don't do what is required, the CEO is rapidly kicked out. Um, but there we go. We're going to go for a break and we'll be back in a few moments, folks. Are you a WordPress consultant, designer, or small digital agency owner? Then you need WP Tonic as your trusted white-label developer partner for your next big e-learning or WooCommerce project. WP Tonic has the knowledge to help you build out custom functionality that your clients need in LearnDash, Lifter LMS, and WooCommerce. WP Tonic is well-known and trusted in the WordPress community. They stand behind their work with a full, no-question-asked, 30-day money-back guarantee. So don't delay. Find out how WP Tonic's white-label services can help your agency today. Go to wp-tonic.com's homepage and book a free consultation with Jonathan. That's wp-tonic, just like the podcast. We're coming back. We had a bit of a downer just before the break, but I've got some more juicy stories. I hope you're going to finish it on a uprising, sunny plateau. Right, let's go to the next story. This is an interesting one. I'm going to I'll be really interested to see what the panel thinks of this one. Introducing a new chapter, Corey Miller as Postator's partner, and he's invested money, and I think he's going to be the joint um, founder or... or Force behind post status. What do you reckon of this one, Uncle Spencer? I mean, Corey's a really well beloved figure, and iThemes did really well as a good exit. And there's nothing but a good vibe on all of this. So, you know, with Justin Tadlock uh, writing uh, for the Tavern, and maybe Corey Miller involved, maybe we'll start getting some really good curated stuff. Not to say there wasn't before, but just more, more, you know, more beneficial stuff. Why do you think he's decided to invest in it? What What do you think he? Because you know we had that. Um, was he's it in um, his thirties? Isn't he? Pardon. He's in his thirties, isn't he? Who is 
Corey? No, Corey uh, is more like uh, our age, but the the other guy on post status is young. No, Corey, I don't think Corey's that old. But the point is, even if he's in his 40s, the point is, what, like, what a better place. To, he's going to do something with his life. You know what I mean? He's not going to be able to sit around. So why not, you know, put his energy and attention into something like this? Because the WordPress community is certainly at the point where it's really starting to gel. You know, we've got all these interesting things happening. So it's a great position to be in if you can be an influencer and you have the experience and the standing. Uh, we saw, you know, Yoast try for five minutes to take on some extra roles and that didn't necessarily mm-mm, work out. Mm-mm. Well, uh, the reason I'm asking... An interesting position. The reason why I'm asking you this, actually, um, Uncle Spencer, is... Um, I go back to the days of WP Candy because um, in the early days, um, I've got the name of the guy that was behind WP Candy. For, right. the, for the listeners and viewers that don't understand, it was a website, it was a newsletter, it was a podcast. It tried to dominate um, the, the area of cur- curated content around WordPress. And it, it, was, it was a bit of a... And for a while, it sort of did... Yeah, but um, when he attempt, the person behind it attempted to try and monetize it, it was a total failure. And no, that's the time it happened that he tried to monetize it, Jonathan. It's like it was it was before even the whole you know theme blow up with uh, Chris uh, Chris Pearson and the- uh, thesis and stuff. The, those days, Matt was still walking around in his tie dye t shirt and his flip flops with the rest of us mortals. And uh, like a guy trying to monetize in there was sort of like, hey, dude, mm-hmm. take your cash out of here, man. But now, I mean, it's a different world, you know. This yeah, is- but what I mean is, yeah, I, t- I, t- I totally accept what you're saying there. But I think, uh, um, but do you think it, it's got to the stage now that some really serious players can f- see, um, a curated news site, newsletter can be quite money-fied, you know, in a way. Well, I I presume he wouldn't have invested in it if it was not making some money. Uh, Although I I also uh, presume that uh, investors wouldn't have been welcomed if if there wasn't benefit to Mm. uh, getting a a cash injection, although some of it may simply be uh, someone to to restore some of the... uh, Share some of the responsibility, but, um, you know, Post Status has had this club thing for quite a while, uh, and it seems to have actual members, and there are various, you know, sponsors and advertisers and things. So, I, you know, I guess it's been doing uh, well enough uh, to be uh, at least worth taking a chance on. Yeah, I know another, you know, media, slight media company that has sponsorship that would look forward to theirs as well. There we go. Uh, John. It doesn't say how much he invested. For no, no it doesn't, it doesn't uh, it, say, it, but it looks like you, you know. But they could very easily, sorry about that, Sally. Uh, uh, but uh, I, I think it's said in here, it's somewhere, you know, he, he bought like 50% of it. And as, as far as I know, that's, this is the only thing that uh, Brian this is basically the main thing Brian Rugstar does for a living. Um, so, I'm just saying okay. you can very easily look to like Saeed with, uh, you know, WP Beginner, right? That was just a blog. But the way that that monetized out was whether he bought the software and or built the software and also the advertising from other people that are related. If you're clever and you have enough audience out of the WordPress community, there's lots of ways to monetize that maybe Brian 
uh, has not yet tried that Corey is like, look, I'll throw a log on the fire and then I'll implement all these ideas and I'll make my money back times 10. I mean, why not? I mean, that's yeah. what I do in terms of what are the opportunities out there? I can imagine somebody with his standing and community draw would be able to get lots of people to sign up for whatever or advertise or not. So what do you reckon, Adrian? It'll work out. WP Beta and it. Lots of blogs did it. I'm sure it'll be fine. No, I'm not, I don't really have much more comment than that. All right, then. We'll let's, go, let's go to John then. John, what do you yeah. reckon? So um, I thought, I, I know at one point that Post Status and the other blog that's about crypto, Ledger Status, at one point that was the only thing that Brian Crossguard was doing. But I believe that in the last couple of years that he has he works part-time at one of the uh, WordPress product companies. And I can't remember which one. Mm. I want to say it's Skyverge, but I could be wrong on that. But I remember reading that. Um, what we've seen now is we've seen membership on, or the um, ownership, I should say, on the top two sources of WordPress news have now ch- like changed ownership or... Um, the 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 mix of the, of the ownership has changed, or, or who's writing? Tadlock is in it. Well, the WP key Tavern. key key staff members, yeah, yeah, and and uh, Corey Miller has has taken half ownership, and yeah, and Corey's a good guy. Um, I love Corey. Out of, out of you know, I I hope that it doesn't become a thing where we start seeing, and I pray that I'm I'm super wrong on this, and I hope that it doesn't turn out like this. But I hope that the post status does not become a thing where it's like certain people or certain companies, and you could pr- kind of like guess which ones might be. I hope that they don't end up getting you know promoted, and all the stories aren't just about the same old companies. Because I want to see like some other companies like Groundhog and like other companies like WP Feedback and companies like this that are newer get some of that mm. love too. And not just, you know, whoever. Well, I, I think I think yeah. I, I understand where you're coming from. I, I, I'd be very surprised if they do that because, you know, it's to the detrimental. Um, it leads to detrimental consequences if you um, if you allow your editorial um, stance to be influenced to that degree. Um, I don't know that it is a detrimental thing, though, because like you you see that happen all through the WordPress community. True, I mean, to some extent. There's yeah. really no detrimental effect that I can perceive. So. Oh, well, I'm, I'm wrong there. Uh, yes, it may, it may be that the people who, you know, who, who stop bothering you or uh, bothering to read you or, or stop taking you seriously are just not uh, significant enough in, in, in their impact on you for, for it to matter. Right. On to the next story then. Um, new 237K CMS website scrapped of parents complained it wasn't user-friendly. What did you like about this one, Sammy? All right. Well, uh, um, first of all, um, CMS is the abbreviation for the name of the school, uh, which confused me initially. If, yeah. I'm like, oh, what CMS? Uh, you know, which CMS were they using that this was a problem? Well, they're, they're, it's, uh, uh, both of them seem to be using a sort of custom thing, which is meant for managing um, private schools. But it's like, right, right. You invested two hundred and thirty-seven thousand dollars as a school 
Yeah, not like a university, but like, you know, a private school for kids, fairly small, uh, into a website and you didn't do enough user testing to know that it was going to flop at launch? Yes. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I I, I mean, you know, it may really have been a slow news day in whatever uh, town this this was, but, uh, you know, it it actually got on to the... a local TV station. It was, uh, you know, sufficiently newsworthy for this. Well, it must be. Well, is it a private school then? Is it you know, Is it a very wealthy area then? Because if I can, imagine if that... it would be, but it still seems like. First of all, you'd think you could get one hell of a website for two hundred and thirty-seven. Oh, the, I would want the Rolls Royce myself. And, and, and you'd you'd surely hope that that involved all of the kinds of testing that you might need to do because that that budget would be sufficient for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What What do you reckon, Spencer, on that one? Okay, a couple of comments in general. First of all, I bid two hundred thirty six thousand and I lost, so I'm a little pissed off. <laughs> yeah. okay. But besides that, this website from this TV is everything that's wrong with the internet today and media centers. Just. Anybody who wants to see what is wrong and what you should avoid in today's world, go to this page because this is a news site. But this story has a headline and a sentence below it and then 950 ads as well as a thousand stories about murder, mayhem, killing, violence, misogyny, and anything that would make you ruin your entire day, week, month, year. And so... (laughs) Then while it's on the screen, six videos are playing. There's 400 things in the menu. And the story is how did somebody blow 237,000? Simple. Whoever runs the school has a nephew that runs a web company that stole the money. And they happen to have something to do with this website too. That's all I got to say about that. Yeah, well, that happened in Northern Nevada a few years ago. There was an economical... Um, development agency, and they got a federal grant for about four hundred thousand. And the guy who was the chairman, <laughs> the chairman, he, he happened to run a web design. Well, he thought he ran a web design company, and um, he basically took all the money, and they got like three websites based on a theme forest um, theme, and the four hundred thousand was gone. So. Um, He's gone before it started. What's even worse is this has endless scroll of ads on the bottom. I'm not saying you're not entitled to advertise, but when you scroll down. Well, uh, news, news websites are horrendous. Uh, uh, news websites are horrendous. I almost never go to them because it's it's all this kind of like endless yeah, shit running ads everywhere. I mean, there's, there's just, I, I, I mean, you know, and, and the websites that are like, we won't show you anything if you don't turn off your ad blocker. I'm like, all right, forget it. I don't need to read that. You know, if if, I mean, if you did not make your site unreadable because of the ads, I wouldn't need the freaking ad blocker. I don't mind ads Product existing. Product opportunity, ad blocker, blocker. Uh, yeah, well, it, blocker they exist. Um, you know, I don't mind ads. I understand people have to make a living. I I mind ads preventing me from actually reading the content. Yeah, it's so bad, but they're so desperate. They're so the desperate. Welcome. 
so desperate to make income and it's you know you know and it's partly linked to what john was saying is that the the media world is so dominated now um, by facebook and google and you know the ability to make money apart from those two main players has been you know pushed down quite considerably that they use these desperate self-destructive um mythologies don't they that actually put more people off it's it's like the the titillating headlines designed to get you all worked up over something that shouldn't have been known to you or worked up at all and then the other thing is then they try to attract you to something that as a user experience is so backwards that they literally like what like you start a video that they want you to watch about the story. It's six minutes of ads and then 10 seconds of the the topic and then more ads at the end. It's like at some point, doesn't somebody realize this is not working and that the rest of us who have like some exposure to this just say no moss and I'm done. Like that's just the point, but they, there seems to be an endless stream of this everywhere, which by the way, in all fairness, back in the nineties, when, you know, Excite and Yahoo and all the other, you know, pre-Google search engines came up, that got to be pretty much like, you know, Ling's cars of flashing signs. And it was, you know, like, and then... Don't forget the marquee. And did the same thing with the website. So I guess this is human nature of try to get your attention while you can. But I think this part of it is... Well, it's just gone bonkers, isn't it? But I also understand that a lot of these media companies signed very long-term contracts for real estate on their key pages, and they're they're locked in. A lot of them don't even have control over what is shown on a lot of the. You know, it's just it's just a crazy. But I think it's also a consequence that I understand that six companies own almost ninety percent plus of all the media. That's newspapers, newspaper websites, radio, television. Um, it's owned by just six companies. Um, so I also think it's a consequence of that as well. So on to the next story. Uh, um, I want to throw it in a couple Oh, yeah, sorry, sorry about it. Sorry, sorry, sorry. And just sorry. Okay, so the previous site was the ASP.net. That's the one that they went back to. The one that they um, implemented was on a... Um, a custom CMS called Edlio, like for educational websites. But the one thing that I want to to point out in this is each of these things, if you pause the video, there's a point where they show the contract and pause on this because just the design was $56,000. And then just the, the building out of the um, prototype was $56,000. So and you know, too, you know, um, there's people in WordPress that are like, you know, I can't even get like $2,000 for a website. But there are companies and institutions out there like this school district in Charlotte, North Carolina. And there's other organizations out there to where if you're not bidding $200,000 or $300,000, they will not consider you. So make an effort to figure out how you can be reach those type of clients and you will solve the like, how do I charge, you know, $2,000 for a website problem? That's all I wanted to throw in there. No, no, the, the, you know, I, I know that I know in Northern Nevada, there's about three major agencies, digital agencies in, um, that do work in Northern Nevada and some work in Southern Nevada. 
by Las Vegas. But there's about three of them, and, um, and obviously they do work in the Bay Area. But if you approached any of those three with any kind of project, it's probably going to cost, at the start, $100,000. I know... I know the principal, one of these agencies, and he told me they wouldn't take a job on unless it was above a hundred thousand dollars. They they're not because he's got over fifty people that work for him. So he says, I can't, I can't take on a job that's below a hundred thousand because I got I got literally fifty mouths to feed. So, uh, um, so yeah you know these things and, seem- and plus plus if you're dealing with you know any kind of bureaucracy you need to double or triple what you're charging exactly. because of all the extra time that goes exactly. into that you're spot on because i've been involved in such and they just go on and on and um I'm dealing with one now, uh, um, and um, John has been helping me and um, with um, a certain bit of this project we're kind of subcontractors um but um, there's certain institutions, unless you've got a certain credos um, and you, you're pricing at a certain level, they won't consider you, even if you made a bid that was a little bit cheaper, because um, you're, you're not going to be considered as a serious player. Yeah, um, you know, it's, uh, it's a totally different world to the small business, isn't it? The small business world, really, isn't it, John? Oh, it's still off. Rightio, we're going to go on to the next story. What are we doing with time? Oh, no, we're not. I think we're going to go for our recommendations of the week. And I apologise. I did not find a recommendation of, of the week. Well, I could... Well, I think it should be um, launch flows, actually. My recommendation of the week is launch flows. I it, think it, you recommended that last week, but... Uh, <laughs> oh, sugar, sugar. But I, I suppose... That's I suppose, I uh, uh, Oh, Adrian recommended it last week. All right. Sorry. Okay, that's okay then. There we go. So, um, Sally, have you got a recommendation? I, I do have to... a recommendation. This is this is for your amusement, and it's, it's not something brand new, but I only learned about it. Um, and... So, uh, in response to all of the uh, recruitment, uh, you know, job postings saying that they were looking for Rockstar developers, uh, someone created a programming language called Rockstar. Uh, and uh, so, the, the link to a, a, an article about that in, uh, <coughs> in, in DICE is, is there. Um, <coughs> it is a real programming language. You can really uh, write stuff in it, and it is all based on, on rock lyrics. Um, <coughs> Uh, uh, but uh, yeah, so I'm I'm waiting for the person who's inventing the ninja programming language, and then the, uh, but it 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 just uh, it, you know it's a it's a nice little send up of the kind of hype that we see in these tech job descriptions, usually written by people who have absolutely no idea what's involved in zero job. absolutely zero have they absolutely it's just appalling really it's just another thing um to put on the list of things you've just got to put up with in 2020 um uncle spencer have you got anything you want to recommend to the listeners and viewers a rare uh recommendation of an article from one of my favorite local guys jason freed from well I think they say it's base cam now, but 37 signals. Mm-hmm. Uh, no nonsense. Chicago guy used to live in the same neighborhood and he's a little younger, but I mean, every time he talks, I just love what he says. And he talked about his movie experience. So I'm going to give you a link. It is an indication of something that I have felt oftentimes as well, which is that 
kind of like the Saturn V rockets were built by hand and they don't know how to make them now. Well, you go to a movie theater today, you might not realize like it's fully automatic and it's manned by like five teenagers that have no idea how any of this stuff is working. So the movie was broken and it's just like somebody called somebody remotely in Santa Monica. They restarted the movie, but none of the problems were fixed and all the kids just stood around trying to deal with it. And it's really scary because we're moving into the area where cars, boats, trains, planes, like everything is going to start being run by robots, let alone teenagers. And if you think about it, at some point, it's going to be like that Pixar movie, you know, where all the, I forget what it is, but all the people get really fat and they go live on the space station and they don't know how to do anything because the robots do it. And they don't know. they Oh, it's, it's Wally. Wally. They can return to Earth, but they don't know how to do it. And I think that's kind of like what his story tells. So it's a good read. Yeah, right. Uh, Adrian, have you got anything you want to recommend? Uh, please put all your recommendations into chat, please, panel. Got anything you want to recommend, Adrian? Yeah, well, we started talking about pricing at the very end of this show uh, and how you wouldn't be able to get a private contract for $233,000 if you uh, sent out a bid for $2,000, even though you could probably make a pretty rocking website at that price point. And uh, we were actually talking a lot about kind of that philosophy on our last episodes, the, the internal show that we did yesterday. So go watch that WP Tonic show uh, to continue the conversation about pricing uh, as well as finding your ideal clients. I want to, I want to say I read your post when you posted and I agree with you and I threw in my two cents too. But then there was like, a guy who's really a, well, a well-versed guy, I'm not going to say his name, he has a lot of standing in the other communities on Facebook, but he said something that I, I don't want to name his name, but like was the exact opposite. He says that I intentionally underpriced. I didn't post a response, but I could not disagree with that philosophy more. And some of your other readers piped in on it, which is you need to grab the higher ring. If you grab the lower ring, you will not go higher from the lower ring. The world is exactly as you put it, Adrian, which is you need to far out, figure out how high people will go because you do not know. Somebody will give you a million instead of a dollar. And yeah, well, 10 cents is ridiculous. Yeah. And with why they don't understand this, um, Spencer, is they just look at the technology involved and the coding involved. What they don't understand, which Sally pointed out so coherently, is all the um, all the hand-holding. That's why they're being charged almost over 100000 Because The, the organisation that I've been involved with recently, where it is a site that's over $100,000, is that the agency that's, the main agency that's dealing with it it's all the bloody meetings, all the hand-holding, all the paperwork, all the endless meetings that all have to be endless paid meetings. for. It but- takes a committee. Endless meetings is where it differentiates. We have enterprise clients right now. And where there is two people necessary for a job, they will hire six more people, have 22 meetings. And as soon as a decision needs to be made, somebody decides that they're going to hire an expert to come in who says everybody has to review the last six months. And on and on. On and on, isn't it? One client of ours spent, I'm not exaggerating for once, spent $500,000 on building a Drupal site, which one of their rogue people escaped and came to us. We duplicated for $2,500 as a prototype, $2,500. Now, they need to do it right, but the point is that like, 
That is due to exactly the same problem, which is in those scenarios, people have to justify their existence by just inventing endless cycles of like, let's talk about it, let's think about it, let's whatever. And that's so different from the entrepreneurial space where you have one client. So in WordPress, you're mostly dealing with those clients. It's hard to find somebody that could even think about spending 200000 Go to a school board. I don't know. I don't know. Let's talk about it. I don't know. I don't know. I, next thing you know, they've spent two hundred grand on talking about it. Yeah. Have you got anything you want to recommend, John? Yeah, I want to. I, I and Spencer, I think I know the the. I don't know if it was a post or article. I read an article the other day that was the same thing. And I want to tell the WordPress community: stop settling, quit racing to the bottom. You are going to be screwed in the next few years if you continue racing to the bottom and trying. In terms to, of price. In terms of price, as far as if if you are trying to race to the bottom and trying to compete on volume, guess what? You're reinventing Wix. Please stop doing it because you will end up screwed when the economy downturns. I'm telling it's, you. It's a lot easier to make $100,000 by charging $1,000 yep. to 100 people than it is yep. charging $10 to 1,000 people. Yeah, and I'll, give you one, and I'll give the WordPress community one more piece of advice. You're not going to find your $100,000 clients at the, at the, the WordPress meetup. <laughs> you like, you're not, you're not going to find it there. It's like, so, it's like your mom's, don't give away the milk for free because you won't find Mr. or Mrs. Sherman. Yeah. That's yeah. the whole idea. Is right. Don't... Now, you may find at your WordPress meetup somebody who has, uh, you know, um, yeah. who has gotten these kinds of jobs and can talk to you about how yeah. to do, you know, how to respond to RFPs successfully. But you aren't, you're, you're not likely to find the actual clients there. Mm. Yeah, I, 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 and I, I, it's been years since I responded to RSP. I, I, I will not do it. If you just, didn't write, if you didn't write the RFP, you're not getting. You're not, if you didn't write the RSP, you're not getting the job. I yeah. can tell you that now, Sally. You know, uh, because one of, one, of, one of the things the presentation included was uh, hints that they have someone specific in mind and are only posting this because they have to. Uh, well, if a general, if a general organisation has written a technical. Uh, Thing like that, they've got somebody to do it. That person's probably the person that's actually going to get the job. Uh, um, so do not waste your time um, answering them, unless you want to practice of writing a very, um, very time-consuming proposal documents that will ne- never, you know, you might get lucky. I don't know, uh, um, but very little chance that you, that they're going to result in an actual paid project in my experience, um, but maybe I've been a bit cynical there, listeners and viewers. It's been a great panel. I think we covered some great stories. Um, John, how can people find out more about you and what you're up to? Oh, thank you so much. Yes, I have a daily YouTube uh, channel. Um, I post videos on SEO every single day, 365 days of SEO. Um, so just uh, search hashtag lockdown SEO. You can also find me at my site, which is lockdownseo.com. That's great. Sally, how can people find out more about you and what you're up to? Uh, you can find me at wpfangirl.com. You can find the meetup at eastbaywp.com uh, or, of course, on meetup.com. And uh, I'm at Sally Getch on Twitter and on Instagram, which is mostly my cats. And how's the meetups been going? Have you been getting a lot more new people or has it just stayed at the same membership level? Kind of. It varies.
series kind of program to program. I'm working this year on um, ensuring we have a somewhat more diverse body of speakers, uh, which I imagine will will probably bring in a, a few new people who you know come mm-hmm. to see the speaker and maybe decide to stick around. Uh, you know, we had a we had a big group when when we had Rachel Andrews uh, speak in Rachel. December. Was Rachel is, was Rachel good? Rachel was amazing, yeah. uh, which is like you know what what one expected. Um, I've, yeah. I've only just posted the the notes and the slides from that. Oh, that's great, um, Spencer. How can people find out more about you and what you're up to? Uh, lately, come visit me over at launchflows <clears throat> launchflows dot com or help at launchflows dot com. Uh, we have a Facebook group, but you know Facebook slash group slash launchflows. Uh, anybody who uses WooCommerce for uh, their sales funnels would uh, do well to check out what we're doing, making it easy to drag and drop your checkout components and also adding features that allow you to really have more powerful sales funnels than click funnels, but using WordPress and WooCommerce. That's great. And Adrian, how can people find out more about you and what you're up to? You can head on over to groundhog.io to connect some awesome sales funnels and automation on the back end to launch flows and WooCommerce and all of your other favorite WordPress products. Again, that's groundhog.io with two Gs. And if you want to support the show, folks, go to the WP Tonic website and sign out, sign up for our monthly newsletter. We're rejuvenating the newsletter. It will have um, articles from the panel, um, latest stories. Um, I've had a new um, look designed and join that. And we'll be doing a monthly draw around prizes. So we're going to be doing a lot to rejuvenate and make really great value the WP Tonic newsletter. So go to the website and sign up for that. And if you're really generous, give us a review on iTunes because it does really help the show a lot if you can do that. We will be back next week with a great panel, great stories, and we'll see you soon, folks. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the WP Tonic podcast, the podcast that gives you a dose of WordPress medicine twice a week. 